came across a little story this week, Thanksgiving story. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Amen. Amen. This is a Thanksgiving story about a fellow that somebody gave him a parrot for a gift. And uh, that parrot was, had bad language. And he just carried on, carried on. And the guy said, look, he said, I'm not going to put up with this kind of language. You're going to have to straighten up. And the parrot said, I don't straighten up for nobody. I do what I want to do, and I say what I want to say. He just kept on, you know. And he just kept on, kept on. So finally, the guy just really got aggravated with him. He said, look, if you keep on, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really teach you a lesson. And he says, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of nothing. Blah, blah. He kept right on big. So the guy grabbed the parrot, opened his freezer in his refrigerator, and threw the parrot in there and shut the door. And you could hear that parrot carrying on in there, scratching around, carrying around. And then everything got a little bit, got real quiet. And he opened the door, and the parrot walked out, and a little bit looked a little frost on him, you know. He said, I've learned my lesson. He said, you won't have no more problems out of me. He said, I am... Uh, I, I promise you I won't do anything that displeases you. He said, oh, by the way, how long has that turkey been in there? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> uh, he figured it, <laughs> he's going to wind up like that turkey if he didn't straighten up. So God bless each and every one of you. Well, <clears throat> that's for free. I gave you that. That's for free. That's not part of our Bible lesson. I want to refer here to what we've been talking about and teaching on here in the subject of Christ, the voice of God. And uh, <clears throat> we're in lesson four here on this subject. We talked about the coming of Jesus, how that he was God's voice and would be God's voice uh, from the time he came until the end of time. And uh, he, we talked about how that he was God manifest in flesh and that he was God himself in flesh, so that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and that he was begotten of God through Mary, and Mary conceived and gave forth a child. He was, so he was all flesh, all man, but he was also the Son of God. But in addition to that, he was also Almighty God, because the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in him. We talked about that in a previous lesson. Uh, we also talked uh, about how that when Jesus began his earthly ministry, one of the first things that he talked about was the kingdom of God. He talked about the kingdom of heaven. And uh, I'm just going to read this for what it's worth here to you. This is just a verse of scripture here in Matthew 3 and uh, 1 and 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is that this is John the Baptist is preaching. And then when John went into prison, I'm reading here in chapter 4 of that same book of Matthew 4.12. Now, when Jesus, had, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And in verse 17 says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so Jesus sort of picked up where John left off when John was put in prison. Uh, that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. We talked to you last week about how that the kingdom of heaven was first mentioned in the second chapter of the book of Daniel, verse 44, where Daniel begins to talk about all the kingdoms of the world and all the kingdoms of mankind would come and go, and he sort of mentioned that in that second chapter. 
And then finally, in the end, that would be the kingdom of God that would survive all the kingdoms of the world, and it would last forever. It would be the eternal kingdom. Uh, then that was picked up also in chapter 7, and I didn't go into detail on that, but in chapter 7, he's pretty well mentions the same thing about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Now, those two words are interchangeable. For instance, in Matthew, he always uses the term the kingdom of heaven, where in Mark and Luke, they both use the term kingdom of God when they refer to the very same uh, teachings of Christ. And so I just point that out to you here so that you understand kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is the same thing. And so when it talks in the Old Testament, whether it says kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, it is speaking of this kingdom that was to come when Jesus would come. So when Jesus came, much of his ministry was about the kingdom of God on this earth or the kingdom of heaven and his coming. And uh, <clears throat> we know now that the kingdom of heaven of course, is the church age. It's, that's the church that he established. That is the kingdom of God on earth. And uh, over in the book of Romans, it says that the kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And uh, so we know that that is the kingdom of God on earth. The church, living for God, walking with God, is God's kingdom on earth. He told those Pharisees, he said, uh, the kingdom of, kingdom of God does not come with observation." not something you can see. Arm is a, a great, uh, some kind of great leader sitting on a throne, uh, you know, an army and uh, swords and all that kind of stuff. But he says, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. And it's something that the world could not understand because how can a kingdom be within us? But when Jesus came, he came teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Now, last week, we gave you two Bible, we gave you two uh, of Jesus' parables in chapter 13, where he mentions about the kingdom of heaven is like unto a mustard seed that grows and becomes a great tree, that the kingdom of heaven would, would grow from almost seemingly nothing and would become very great in the earth. The other word that he gave was the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, it is put in the, in, the, in the dough, and it makes the dough rise. It affects the dough, and then the, the, all, the leaven just spreads throughout the dough, and every part of it then has the leaven in it. Uh, I, uh, and, I, and you and I, of course, understand from the word that God's kingdom is like that. It's unseen, but it keeps working. It grows in an almost an unseen fashion. It's not what you see on television. It's not what you see in some throne room. It's not what you see uh, when you see the powers of the world gather together, but it is working where men and women tell each other about God's great kingdom on this earth. So those were two examples today. I want to go a little further here in this, uh, <clears throat> in this chapter 13 because the chapter 13 of Matthew uh, deals with seven parables that deals with the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. He calls it the kingdom of heaven. And all three of the, the, of the gospel books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all record this. I have chosen Matthew because Matthew probably is a little, more, a little bit more extensive. So if you would, please, I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to start reading in verse 3. Everybody with me here? I'm going to read this parable that he gave. And it says here in verse 3, And he spake many things unto them 
in parables, saying. Now, what is a parable? A parable is a story or an illustration of something that is natural that men can understand in which Jesus used to teach spiritual things. Sometimes spiritual things were not easy for men to get a hold of, especially when he started talking about the kingdom of heaven on this earth. What was it going to be like? And if he said it doesn't come with observations, and sometimes he gave those Pharisees and Sadducees whom he knew were just trying to trip him up. He'd give them a quick answer and move on. But to his own disciples, he gave more detail about it. And so the kingdom of, uh, of heaven, it was mentioned many times in this fashion of parables. He spoke about parables. So parables was the way he would mention and he would explain these things. And uh, he would use natural things to explain spiritual things. Can I just say this for here for what it's worth to all of us today, folks? Folks, God made everything. He made everything natural, and he's put the spiritual things on the earth as well. I'm speaking about his spiritual things. Uh, he, has, he is the one that's the head of it all. And when Jesus came, Jesus could see the spiritual in the natural because God had made the natural as well as the spiritual. And in the natural things of God is also the wisdom of God and the understanding of the things of God. It can be found in many ways in the natural things, natural things. Uh, I, I remember as a kid, uh, I used to walk through the woods sometime and there was these little old tiny seeds about the size of your little fingernail, maybe smaller, and they'd stick to your clothes and you had to pick them off. I don't know what they're called, but they were a real nuisance because they're little and they'd stick to your clothes and socks and you had to pull them off. Well, there was one guy who started looking at those things and he put them under a microscope and he began to study how they were made and he came up what we know to be Velcro. He was the inventor of Velcro because he saw how they would stick and he said, I can, I can manufacture, I can make this. And so... He figured out a way how to make it and everything, and he developed what's called Velcro, and it was from that thing, but the Bible said there's nothing new under the sun, you know. He said, oh, this is new. No, 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 God already had it on earth. He just figured out it from the Lord. You know, the telephone, you know, Alexander Graham Bell, Bell uh, you know, developed the telephone, but he developed it from the ear, which God created. I'm just saying that in all of the creations of the world is God's wisdom. They're there, and many people who have invented things or developed things or discovered things, they have discovered it by saying, how would God have done this? Or they would, they would say, uh, how is this thing made or how is it developed and so forth, you know. I remember, this, I'll just throw this out for my own il illustration here, my own personal experience. Uh, years ago when I was pastoring in this little church up in northwest Florida, Port St. Joe, Florida, I was in my office one day and I was uh, reading the Bible, and I was studying, and I was reading the scriptures where it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And, uh, and I said, Lord, I'd like to have wisdom. I said, any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I said, so I'm asking the Lord, give me wisdom, you know. Give me wisdom and uh, help me to understand wisdom, how it works, what it is, exactly, you know, what it's all about. I was, very, I was a young minister in the Lord at that time. And I never will forget 
that I turned out, turned my chair around and looked out behind me through at a window and I saw a pine tree growing out there and that pine tree and the wind was blowing and that pine tree was moving back and forth and the Lord said, I have made the pine tree to be flexible, flexible. Everything I've made is flexible. Therefore, be flexible, Myers. <laughs> be flexible. Don't be so rigid. Don't be so hard-hearted. Be flexible. And I said, okay, okay, that sounds good. Okay, I said, thank you, Lord. Long, not long after that, I was working on the loading ships on a dock. Uh, I was working with Stevedore, the Stevedore group of men. And they'd put me up on the ship. And uh, up on the ship, you had to tell the people up here, that handling the crane and picking up the load on the dock, how to bring it over and put it down inside. And you did it with signals with your fingers. And so they put me up on the dock there and I was signaling and all of that. Well, while I was walking around up there, we had a little break. And uh, I said to the other guy that was doing the same thing, we were taking a little coffee break and everybody was taking a break and everything. And I said, isn't this weird? I said, this ship all across the deck, it's all made of steel, the big, big, big freighter. And all these sheets of steel were all welded together. You can see the beam of weld right across it. I said, but they miss one here. Look at this. I said, they miss one. These two are overlapped. He's right in the middle of the ship. I said, they miss one here. I said, how in the world could they have made this ship and miss welding this seam all the way across? And the guy said, they didn't miss it. They left it purposely. I said, you mean they deliberately didn't they didn't, and he said, no, this overlaps. It overlaps by probably six or eight inches or a foot, that, that, those two sheets of steel, and they never weld them together. I said, why not? He said, because in the sea, if we were out in the sea and we got into a storm, you'd see these sheets doing like this. They made it so the ship would be flexible. I thought, bang. <laughs> well, there you go. The Lord is teaching me, Myers, you got to be flexible. I'm just saying that's what happened to me. But in all of God's creation, there is flexibility. And in all of God's cre creation, there is wisdom. I'm just going to pass on here. But I want to just drop that with you here and move on into the sower. Look at verse 3 here. I'm going to read this again and then go on down through the, uh, the scripture reading. This is what Jesus told them. He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Now he's going to use a farmer sowing seed. And, of course, the sowing of the seed was just, they would, they would broadcast it, they call it. Throw it into the wind, and it would just go wherever it did. Uh, today, you know, we plow and so forth, and they drop it in the ground and so forth. That's more the way it's done. But back then, they would just sow the seed, and it would just, wherever it fell, and that's where it would grow. And that's pretty well the way they planted things back then. And so here's what it says here. Sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. Wayside is the place where people walked. The ground was very hard and very packed, and uh, it was not considered the farming or the growing part of the soil that was loosened up and so forth, but it was packed down very hard. He went on to say here, some fell, let me finish reading verse 4. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Verse 5, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness, no deepness of earth. 
And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So they got started, but they didn't go that, getting, did not go too far with it. Verse 7, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Then verse 8, but others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And then Jesus gave the parable. That was it. He gave the parable to a multitude. And, uh, and, and that was sort of like, that was the way it was left hanging. He just told about a farmer going out and, and sowing the seed. And then I want you to look at verse 10 here. The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? Why do you tell them these stories? What's the purpose behind it, Lord? Why are you giving them these stories about how a farmer sows the seed? They know, most of them know about it, you know. And when you look at all these seven parables that Jesus gave here in Matthew 13, they were all about something that they were familiar with, either the farmer sowing the seed, or it's about the fisherman fishing, or the woman, you know, putting, putting the woman's roll, putting, uh, putting the leaven in the, in the flour dough, and, and so forth. And so it pretty well touched every, one of them was to, uh, was to buy a pearl of great price and so forth. All of these had to do with natural things that Jesus was trying to teach, spiritual things. So they said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now look at verse 11. Look at verse 11 real quickly. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given, to the multitude. It's not for them to know. And the reason is because that in the parable is the reason why they are not to receive the knowledge of it and the reason that you are. I'm going to bring that out to you in just a few moments here. But the whole thing is lying in the parable itself. And so they asked him, said, why did you teach them? And look at verse 11. He goes on to say, he answered and said unto them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, in conjunction with that verse of scripture, I want you to look over with me, if you would, for just a moment here, over to, math, uh, to, um, to Romans. And I'm reading here in chapter 11. And uh, <clears throat> he says here in chapter 11, verse 7, What then Israel hath not obtained that which she seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded, the rest were blinded, accounting uh, as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, seeing that they uh, should not see, and, hears, and ears that they should not hear. They see, but they don't see it. They hear it, but they don't hear it. And then over in that, uh, that 25th verse of chapter 11 of Romans, this is where Paul talks about why Israel as a nation was not saved through the teachings of Jesus Christ. He says, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Now notice that over here in Matthew, he said, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Now, speaking on that word mystery, and that word mystery is found several times in the New Testament. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So they would not be able to see, they would not be able to understand, they would not be able to detect, 
and so forth. And he went on to say, it's given unto you, but not unto them. I'm going to give you the answer on this for, in a few moments. Look at verse 12. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have a more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that that he hath. If you have your Bibles, write in there faith. Faith. If you've got faith, then God will give you more faith. If you don't have any faith at all, what you may seem to have, you lose. But it's all based on the ability to believe the Word of God. And folks, I'm telling you here, this is where the spirituality of God is. You've got to believe in Jesus. You've got to believe in His Word. You've got to believe in the truth. You've got to believe the Bible. And the reason I'm telling you that today is because the Word of God is being attacked more and more today. And the key to having understanding of God and the kingdom of God and the things of God and the ways of God and how God operates, all of that, praise the Lord, is based on our ability to believe the Lord. And if you've got a little faith, Praise the Lord, it'll go a long way. How many of you are familiar with that scripture where it says if you had faith of a grain of mustard seed, you know, if you had a faith, you know, it shall be given unto you. And you can say this, do this, and do this, so forth. If you had faith of a grain of mustard seed. It doesn't say the size of the grain of mustard seed. Everybody knows the mustard seed is very small. But it doesn't say, it doesn't say if you had faith the size of a mustard seed. He's not talking about the size He's talking about the potential of the mustard seed. If you have faith of, the, of, a, of a grain of mustard seed, and Jesus, of course, we talked about this last week. Uh, he talked about the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, so little, and yet you, when it grows, it becomes a great tree. This is in the, in the Middle East. They have a tree there called a mustard tree, and it's a, a little seed, makes a big tree. It's not the little mustard plant that we think of over here. <clears throat> but it is a tree that grows, a large tree. And the seed is such a very small thing. And he didn't say if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. He just said if you have faith as a mustard seed. I don't care how small it is. Within that, praise the Lord, is all that you need to be able to have God's blessings and goodness. Because you, if you grow with it, it'll grow with you. Praise the Lord. If you can just have faith. When you and I came to the Lord, I, you, we didn't know a lot of stuff. You know that. We, you know, somebody preached the word to us and we believed. We believed, praise the Lord. You said, with God, you know, if you, if you care that much about me and, and uh, if I can be saved, Lord, I, I want to be saved. And, and we'd come to the altar and we repented of our sins. I didn't know, I didn't know about all this stuff in the Bible and I didn't know a lot of things, you know. I didn't, I'd heard things, but I didn't know about it, and you didn't either. But it was that little bit of faith. It would say, God, I believe. Praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why it's important to go to church. Some people get saved, and they say, okay, I'm saved now. I go to church once in a while. Don't do that. You say, oh, I'll go to church, you know, maybe... Uh, Maybe on Sunday morning, you know. No, 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 no. Somebody said, well, I'm going to church more now than I've ever been in my whole life since I've been saved. I mean, have you felt that way when you first got saved? But it wasn't that wonderful. You said, man, I want to go to church. I want to be in the house of God. 
I want to, you know, I want to just be there. I want to sing. I want to be with God's people. I want to hear the preaching of the word and, and so forth. I can remember reading scripture in the Bible and saying, what does this mean? I don't have any idea. Lord, this is over my head. I don't understand. And I'd go to church and lo and behold, the preacher would preach on it. That happened to me one time when I was a young man twice. He took, he took the very text that I was reading at home and, and preached on it. And I said to myself, wow, man, me and Jesus got our own thing going. I read about it, and then I go to church, and then the Lord has the preacher preach on it. You know, and I thought, man, I'm, I, was really, I must really be special. And that was the last time it happened. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it happened like that. So I found out the Lord was just teaching me a lesson. Praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. And uh, I'm just trying to tell you here today that if we can have faith of a grain of mustard seed, because in that mustard seed, no matter how small it is, is all the potentiality. And if you can believe the word of God, and you can believe God's word, folks, the word of God, hallelujah, has all the answers in it for us. Amen. Now, some of you say, oh, Brother Myers, I don't believe that. I'm telling you, it's the truth. It's got the answers. You don't know how many times I have tried to find an answer to a problem and I'd find it in the word of God. I mean, it would just be there. And I'd, I'd, I'd go, I'd, I've read commentaries and I have read all kinds of Bible dictionaries trying to find, a, you know, trying to find an answer. And I'd have all these different comments. This commentary would say that. This would say something else. This was something else, something and everything. And then I'd pray about it and seek the Lord and, and everything. And the Lord opened my understanding to it just like that. And there would be just as, just as big as Dallas, as they say. You know, they're just standing out there in front of me. And I'd say, well, thank you, Jesus. I'm just trying to say here that if we can just have a little faith, folks. And this is what the Lord said. If you've got faith, it'll be given to you. More will be given to you. But if you don't have any faith at all, whatever you have, and one of the gospel writers says, whatever you seem to have will be taken from you. In other words, if you say, I don't, I don't want to believe God, I don't want to do this. And, and you say, oh, well, I'll you know, go to church or you know, I'll, when I feel like it. And you, we just sort of, Flip it like that, we will lose what we even have that's spiritual in God. Now, I'm speaking very seriously to you here. This is very important, that we, we understand that we should walk with God and serve the Lord. I'm going to move on here because uh, the scriptures here says, uh, I'm going to read this 12th verse again, 13, 12. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he, that shall, ha and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not... From him shall be taken away even that that he hath. Amen. Let me jump very quickly here to verse 18. Because I want to talk to you here about the parable itself. And starting from 18 down through verse 23, Jesus ex explains what these grounds meant. And in this is the key to what he was talking about when, and, and what he says here that is given unto you to know and to them it's not given unto them to know. And so he says here, and I'm looking at verse 18. Everybody with me? All right. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone uh, heareth the word of the kingdom, that's the word of God and the word of the kingdom is the gospel. In fact, one place even says that the kingdom, uh, the word of the kingdom is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news, when anyone hears, 
heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and casteth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now, when you get to the uh, end of this verse of scripture here, and these verses of scripture, it lets us know that the seed is the word of God that's spoken, that's preached, that's taught. And the ground is the hearts of men. This is brought out in Luke, it's brought out in the book of Mark, and it's brought out here in the book of Matthew as well, that these are the hearts of men. So that how we receive the word will depend on what we do, what we become in Christ, what we will not do in Christ, as far as our limitations in Christ, it's all determined on how we receive the word. Praise the Lord. Do we receive it with faith? Do we receive it to believe God and say, yes, Lord, it's in your word. I believe it with all of my heart. I'm just saying here again, folks, we more than now more than ever before, we are being attacked more and more. The word of God is being attacked and your faith in God is being attacked. Oh, you believe the Bible, you know. Uh, I'm telling you, there is more crazy things now that they're doing on TV that is so totally out of normality. It's not even normal anymore and everything. And it's so far away from the Bible even, just the Bible way of life. It is is almost scary. I had a school teacher tell me the other day, she says, I am... uh, I'm getting concerned about the school system. She said, because more and more, the school system seems like it's it's almost in a headlong situation in which it's getting worse and worse and worse, trying to raise children, you know, children coming up through the schools and so forth. And the school teacher was telling me, it's getting to be a greater problem than what we've ever had in times past. And it seems like it's like we're going over a waterfall and it's just really going headlong. This is what she was saying about the school system uh, here in Brevard County. So I'm just trying to tell you here today here that these things here is telling us that these, these conditions exist. Now, he says here, it's by the wayside. This is someone who hears the word and it doesn't go anywhere. They don't believe it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want it. They're not interested. Forget that. Where's the back door, you know? And you've seen those, they come to church and, you know, and they do this and blah, 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 and they hear it. And next thing you know, and they're, I'm just soon be somewhere else. And they're out of here, you know. That's the wayside. And whatever was preached and whatever was taught in that Bible lesson or in that message that day or that morning or evening, whatever service they were in, is all gone. It's forgotten. It's, it's like, oh, I don't remember anything. I don't remember any of that. It's like the birds have just taken it away. And so, therefore, no faith can be developed because the word has not taken any kind of root in the heart. And that's the wayside. Now, I'm going to move on a little further here because there's some things I want to really get into a little deeper here this morning. It uh, goes on to say in verse 20. Now, I'm here in 1320 of Matthew. But he that received the seed into stony place. The same is he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. And oh, how many people have come to the Lord and they have been made so happy 
and they've rejoiced in the Lord and they've praised the Lord and they've danced in the spirit and they've just said, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever found. And they continue on for a season, for a season. Now the Lord's talking about the hearts of men. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's what kind of ground it falls on. And this is the whole thing. And it's what the Lord is really trying to teach here. And the answer to whether we are going to be those of whom the mysteries of God is given or it's not given, it depends on what kind of condition our hearts are in when we receive the word of God. And I can say, oh, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve the Lord. And we start out for the Lord. And then here's what he says, go to the stony place. Yet, this is verse 21, yet hath he not root in himself. There's no depthness there. There's no deep, there's no depth. Uh, everything is shallow. And uh, the, the, the spirituality is just not there. But endureth for a while. This is verse 21 here of, verse, of chapter 13. But he, he endureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth. Notice that. Tough times. You know, and it goes on to say, because of the word. Tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word. You know, you're saved. You believe in the Lord. Oh, you believe in that. Ha, ha, ha. You know. Oh, well, I can't handle that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be different than everybody else, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And after a while, that individual says, oh, I'm not going to try to live for God. I know I got a, you know, I had a wonderful joy in my heart for time, but it's just, just. You know, I, I don't think I want to live for God. I want to do something else. And, uh, and he goes on to say here, talks about how, that, uh, how these conditions and stony grounds here, uh, he has no root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. And some of the other gospel books talks more about some of the tribulation, persecution, and temptations and all kind of things that may come our way and we say oh well I don't think I'm gonna live for God and they drop by the wayside and we have all seen that they start out with joy they start out with happiness they start out saying this is the greatest and best thing I've ever found but then along the way they sort of drop by the wayside and they said oh well I don't know whether I want to continue living for God I don't know whether I want to keep serving the Lord and he says those are like the stony places there is no depth there. There's no depth. And the way we have depth, folks, is begin to pray and ask God to help us. He'll help you through every tribulation. He'll help you through every trial. He'll help you through every test. He'll help you through every temptation. I promise you he will. And the enemy will come along and say, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm just saying he's a liar and the father of liars. You have to always remember that, that, that Satan is a liar and he's the father of liars. But God is the God of truth, praise the Lord. And if you'll say, God, I'm going to believe your word. Folks, listen, this book's been around a long, long time. This kingdom of heaven is 2,000 years old on the earth now, 2,000 years old. And it's not long until the Lord's going to come back and take us home to be with him in glory. And then we're coming back to be on the earth again for 1,000 years. I'm just pointing out to you here that this word is true and it will come to pass just like he said it would. All these teachings of Peter, Paul, James, John, Andrew, they gave their life because they said, we believe what Jesus taught. We were with him. We saw what happened. We saw the resurrection. Amen. 
And I'm just saying here that we believe on him through their words, as the Bible says in one place. Let me move on to a very interesting piece of ground here that's mentioned here after the stony place. He goes on to say here, verse 22, and everybody hang on to your hats here with this. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Okay? It doesn't say that he endures for a while and then he withers away like it did about the, the, the one that was doing the thorns. The thorns just withered away and died and, and he was gone. Uh, that was a, the seed by the wayside never took root. Uh, in the thorny places, stony places rather, it took root and then it withered and died uh, after some time. But in the thorns, the Bible says that it grows up and becomes a plant and it grows and it's got roots and it survives. But look what it says here. It says, yet he hath not root in himself. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong, wrong verse. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns, he that heareth the word and the care of this word and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Now, this can happen to any of us in the church. After we're saved and even though you survive and you stay in the body of Christ and you're in the church, we can become unfruitful for God. There's two kinds of fruits. One is the fruit of the spirit. You know, the Bible names, it names uh, nine fruits of the Spirit. That is joy, peace, righteousness, and, and, and holiness, and, and temperance, and all those things. And then there is also, and love, of course, and then there is also the fruit of our lives in which we help other people to find God and be saved. It's being a soul winner. Now, we can get so bogged down with the cares of this life, we can say, well, I, I, I go to church regularly, but you don't have much time to pray. I go to church and I try to you know, be in the house of God as often as I can, but I just don't have enough time to read my Bible like I should. I don't have any personal devotion in life, and I know I should have that, and, and uh, I really don't have time to testify. I saw somebody the other day, and they were asking me about something about my church, and, and I just didn't have time to talk to them. You see what I'm saying? We can find ourselves to be unfruitful, And the Bible says, here's what it uses these words. It says that the cares of this life, and folks, the cares of this life can bog us down. I'm serious. You know, everybody having to do their job, and the kids got to get in school. Kids got to have to be in school. And, and, uh, you know, the old uh, soccer mom story, you know, about the mother that runs here and there trying to keep the kids, you know, ballet dancing and and uh, and the boys in soccer games, you know what I mean. Just trying to keep up with life in general. And if if we're not careful, we can let those things dominate our lives until we don't have time to do the spiritual things. And that's what the Lord was showing out. It's all right here in the heart. What's really important to us? What's really important to us? And uh, I just want to say here to all of us today, if you will give place in your life for the kingdom of God and the things of God, God will always bless you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said all these things are the things the Gentiles seek after. 
but seek ye first after the kingdom of God. And he said, and his righteousness. In other words, want to be righteous, want to be a good person, want to be a good man or woman. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. And so I just want to let you know here that if we can learn to walk with God and do it God's way and everything, God will always be faithful. He won't be as faithful on time as we think on time is, but he'll be on time as he knows is right to be on time. Praise God. God is never late. He's always right on time, but it's not always our time. But if we can just say, God, your ways, not my will be done. That's what Jesus prayed in the garden. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not the flesh, but the will of the spirit. And a lot of times we have to pray that way, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And just be faithful to the Lord. Can I just point out some things here? Go to church every service, every service. I just work at it. You say, oh, I got a job. See if you can uh, talk to somebody. You know, I got to work on Wednesday night. See, see if you can work on something, you know. But try to be in church on every service, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. That's not, that's not very much, you know. And then have a, have a devotional time. Have a time you spend with the Lord. Have a time that you, uh, that you want to just open your Bible. and you Start out with 15 minutes. This 15 minutes every day, I'm going to read my Bible and just talk to God. If you'll start talking to God, he'll start talking to you. And he talks to you a lot of times from the Word. He, does, he has, to me, a lot. To the Word through the Word of God. That thir- that, I guarantee you that 15 minutes will grow into 30 minutes. And that 30 minutes will grow into an hour if you're not careful. <laughs> it can grow longer than that even. It can go into uh, two hours. You know, and you'll find out you still get everything done that you can do. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther. Uh, not Martin Luther King. Martin Luther, who was the founder of the Lutheran Church back way back in 1517 through that period of time. Uh, he used to pray four hours every morning. Got up at four o'clock in the morning, prayed between four and eight o'clock every morning. Somebody said, how do you have time to pray that much? And with all the things you have to do, he said, I wouldn't have time to do all the things I do if I didn't pray. He said, God just seems to help me, works it all out. And I'd be afraid not to use that time in prayer. Well, I'm going to move on here. I just want you to understand here that uh, God wants us, praise the Lord, not to be the thorny ground. So you can just, you know, you can keep on being a Christian. You can keep on, say, serving God in a measure, but not be fruitful. And God wants us all to be very fruitful for him. I'm going to read the last one here, which is verse 23. This is 1323. He says, but he, uh, but he that receiveth the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. And he bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. And if we will learn to be fruitful, God will bless us, and he'll keep his hand on us, and he'll always be with us. The ground is the hearts of men. The seed is the word. How do we receive the word? And what is the response of us toward the word of God? And this is where that our faith is tested and God has promised praise the Lord he would always bless us and be with us folks can we believe the word can we believe it if we will learn to believe God's word God will never fail you I promise you that I've been serving God now for over 60 years and I'm telling you the truth God will never fail you in the word of the Lord never fail you 
Amen. And I've seen some real thin times. I know what that's all about too. And God can bless us. He'll keep his hand on us. He'll be with us. And if we can just say, God, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Praise God. I'm here to stay. Uh, I want to be a worshiper. When you come to church, always worship God. Don't come to church and just say, okay, I don't feel like it today. This is just one of them off days. No, no, no. Or this day, I'm going to get some things done. And you work on things in the back pew. back. No, no, no. When you go to church, say, I'm come to worship God. And I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to thank the Lord. If you don't have anything else to do, thank him. Thank him. Make every, every church service a Thanksgiving day. Amen. Just say, God, I thank you for all of your goodness, your blessings, the wonderful, wonderful things you've done for me, for my home, for my family, the job I have, the church I have. If nothing else, thank God for the church you come to. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God for, you know, God's many blessings. And that's the truth. And thank him for the Holy Ghost, his spirit. Thank him that he allowed you to live and be exist, you know, to be, a, to be what you are, to be a human. Amen. And one of these, he's allowed us, praise the Lord, to have eternal life with that wonderful spirit of God in us. And one day we'll hear the trumpet sound. Shall we stand together? Amen. Let's just worship God. Would you lift your hands and worship him right now? Lord, we love you so much. We thank you, Jesus. Bless this wonderful audience this wonderful group of people. God, bless them. Bless the morning service. Touch our lives and hearts. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us and all that you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.